Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back, folks, here in Mobile, Alabama, to talk about day three of practices for the Senior Bowl. They moved inside. We had a little bit of limitations to getting access to uh, some of these practices, but we still were able to look at the tape and we're going to be talking about thoughts and impressions from day three of practices before the game comes up this Saturday. So the first thing, Ryan, that I want to address is something that was going a bit viral coming from the Senior Bowl, and it was a series of clips from Trevor Penning on day three. And this is something that Trevor Penning was doing throughout the entire week. A lot of late throws on guys, a lot of late hits, but an overall nastiness from Trevor Penning where he was hitting dudes hard. He was being aggressive, clearly the most aggressive player at the Senior Bowl, in my opinion, for alignment, offensive or defensive. And it has created this conundrum where some people are like, wow, that's not going to translate at all. Like he's going to be a penalty uh, fiend. He's he's cheap shotting. And then other people are saying, yeah, he's probably going to get a couple of penalties in his first year. But this is a mean, angry dude, and you can't coach that stuff. So I know that you're in agreement with me that it's not really that bad that he's he's getting a little chippy and he's he's being extra aggressive. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, first and foremost, Joe, I'm just happy for on your intro there that you didn't boast that you were in where you were in Mobile and I was stuck here in New Jersey for the first. Oh time yeah, you are week. stuck awesome. in. <laughs> yeah, but not, no, I'm sorry. I, I was just like thinking about that. I was like every every single podcast this week, Joe's been like, I'm live from Mobile. Ryan's in New Jersey, but now, well, I now can't. We're I can't lie. I can't lie to the to the people tuning in. I, I know. Be false I journalism. Know. <laughs> that would be false journalism. Uh, so back to the to the topic at hand here, Trevor Penning. So there's a lot of layers to it, I think, because I would say this, first and foremost, Penning came into the week with a lot of hype, which is pretty unusual for an FCS kid to start out with. Let's think about how Penning has gotten to this point, though, right? He came in similar to the Spencer Browns, the Ellerson Smiths. He was a lightly under-recruited player who was, you know, had a nice frame, obviously, 6'7 plus, 34 plus inch arms, like all, all that good stuff. But he had, he was not physically ready to play college football, and he had to develop his game. He had to develop his frame. He had to prove his worth. And in that ideology, in that mindset, he has developed what would we what we would call you know a little bit of a bean of a prick, you know. And it's it's a good thing. And I'm not saying that as a negative at all. Offensive mm-hmm. linemen generally need to have kind of that little little tick to them, right? Like they need to kind of play with that violence and that aggression. And I have no issue with him showing that this week. I don't. He played to the echo of the whistle, and I respect it. And I can tell you very much so that offensive line coaches are going to absolutely love it. 
My only issue, the only rep I highlight, and I put this on Twitter yesterday, was the one in team drill where he threw the defensive lineman into the legs of the quarterback back into the pocket. That's just generally something that you're told not to do. Otherwise, playing to the whistle, a little late push, you know, playing to the echo of the whistle. I'm good with all that stuff, man. He's a little bit of an instigator as a player, which again, <laughs> he should be. I, I I compared it a little bit to John Runyon that played here in Philly for a long time, right? Like John Runyon was a big, nasty right tackle who would drive people crazy with the chippiness that he plays with. Now, the other layer to it is, is that some of this stuff does go onto the film that you're talking about. I think I, I, I think it may have been Jesse Fritch that posted it. He had 38 penalties in his career, right? So not all of them are late hit personal fouls, but some of them are also holding because he's a little over aggressive with his hand usage and all that type of stuff. So there is stuff that there is layers to the fact that of the over aggressiveness that can hurt him on Sundays, but the acts of him playing to the whistle blows in mobile. I don't have any issue with. I, and in fact, I think that that's going to more sell people on the NFL level to him because they know that he is a tough dude physical dude that clearly wants it. He came into this week with a mission to show who he is and show his style. And I have no problem with him showing who he is. Right. And I think a lot of people are forgetting the fact that the, this man is an offensive lineman. It's one of the most aggressive right. positions on the field. The only other position that is on par are defensive linemen. It is a fight sure. every single play. And if you don't have that mentality, you are not going to have a successful career. You could be the most athletic tackle in the draft class, but if you don't have that mean streak, it's it's going to hinder yourself. Having the aggressive approach that Tyler uh, Trevor Penning has is going mm-hmm. to help him in the NFL, going against some older, more developed guys. And I, sure. I think that what is also going to factor into this is, is an NFL coach is going to work on that stuff with him. It's not a guarantee that he's going to coach it out of him. You can't coach mm-hmm. the mentality, but you can work on maybe him reeling it in a little bit and trying to focus a little bit more on putting that aggression towards the right things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I, I think that, again, working back to when he threw the defender into Ritter's legs, that's an example of where I feel like his temperament kind of took over on him because he didn't hit his set properly, right? Like, he, it was not a good pass set. He was literally just preoccupied with trying to physically dominate, which is fine, but also, we can't sacrifice technique to get your point across of how mm. physical you are, right? Like that, it needs to be, those things need to be intertwined and they need to be in unison. So absolutely, let's focus on the technique. And then that finishing ability comes after that you have gotten to the successful portion of a play, right? Like that's kind of, there needs to be sequencing to how you work as an offensive lineman. So Ryan, getting into some of the guys that caught our attention, the first one being Andrew Stuber from Michigan. I was interested that you put him down because he was somebody when I watched the one-on-ones, I made a mental note of that I thought looked really good. I kind of hate that we get some of these guys who are clearly not going to be playing center (laughs) and they ask him to snap. I think after the first day that you see a guy struggling, you should just stop instead of trying to force him to learn how to snap during the the week when he's got really no experience. There are some guys like Cole Strange who are going to make that transition and look really good. And Cole Strange might find us his spot into a starting rotation as a center for a team that really, really needs one. But a guy like Stuber, who's rolling snaps back, not really useful, but regardless, he looked really strong when he was playing in that guard spot. 
Yeah, so a little background on Stuber. I actually put a, a pretty decent gr- round grade. I think I put like a fourth round grade for for him last summer. I was surprised how much I liked him because, in my opinion, he was playing semi out of position at right tackle at Michigan. Now, Michigan's a very run-heavy, powered offense, right? So they are not asking guys to traditional pass set as much. Like they are, there's a lot of RPO action out of it. Like you're, they're asking their offensive line to get after a little bit. So I understand why they kept Andrew Stuber at right tackle. But I think overall his best fit is going to be inside a guard because I think that his power and his size is just going to kind of overwhelm players in the run game. And then playing just a little, in a little more condensed spaces, I think is going to really I think it's going to fit to his skill set a little bit better. And even at the step, the snaps at center, like you saw, there's a little bit of quick twitch to him, right? Like he's not just a guy that I think is like this mauling, you know, lumbering type of dude. Like he's got a little snap to him. And I, I remember one play uh, specifically where he was working against Travis Jones from UConn, who's been one of the big standouts all week. And he had kind of a, a snatch trap technique where he kind of used his leverage against him, snapped into the ground and trapped him on the ground. And that quick snap is is good, man. Like you can see a little bit of flexibility in his hands and it strength in his hands as well. So I think Andrew Stuber is a starting caliber guard moving forward in the NFL. Could happen year one, but if not, I think that there's definitely developmental potential for him to be a a, a starter on the inside because I think that that power and just that physicality really parlays to that type of upside. There might not be as much to bet on right now because we don't have football going on all we have is the super bowl and i know you can't bet on the senior bowl but you can still make some of these other sports interesting like basketball like hockey i know that i have to do that to make it a little bit more exciting for me because it's just not the same as football with the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website for bet online for you to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use promo code believe to get started and it's not just football. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, I have to tell you folks about Masterworks. What I'm about to say might shock you, but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a GOAT on the field, He's a GOAT when it comes to investing, too. He invests in stocks, crypto, and even art. Now you can invest like a GOAT with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing investments in art from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. And even greater art prices outpace the S&P 500 by 164% from 1992 and 2021. In fact, early investors already received over 30% IRR 2021 and 2020 from the sale of two paintings. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like a goat. Get priority access with this game day promo. Go to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. Lastly, what's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, You can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter 
the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you can never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Speaking on another interior lineman, Dylan Parham, there were some concerns about his weight. He's listed at 285 on that Memphis roster. He comes mm-hmm. in. Um, I, wait, what was the number that he came in on him? Completely 313 blanking. or something. Yeah, it was like way yeah. higher than everyone <laughs> expected. And yeah. Parham finished out with a really strong day three. What did you catch from him? Yeah, it, so he's a guy that's really interesting even before the event because I believe he was a former tight end that made the yeah. transition, right? And eventually he moves obviously into guard and and now people are projecting like, you know, center. And so he has some versatility potentially inside. And the bit low, the biggest question mark was the weight, like you said, 285 on the interior. Eh, like there's very scheme dependence at that point, right? Like you're going to be talking about guys that need to be predicated on movement, maybe more a heavy outside zone type of system. Like that's kind of where that track, like that, that mindset kind of moves towards that. Cause that just makes so much sense. I've, I mean, showing up at 313 first and foremost was shocking because that is, I mean, that is almost 30 pounds heavier than your listed weight while you were in college. So like that is 28 Man, pounds plus. Yeah, it was eight, but it was like good. <laughs> it was good weight though, man. Like he didn't look, he looked good. It looked like a good transformation. And then you saw that, you know, he, I don't think he sacrificed any of his movement skills, but then the big thing is that I thought he had really nice anchor considering, you know, the weight gain. Cause sometimes guys put on a lot of weight, but it doesn't really, they didn't really take the time to improve that core strength, improve that lower body strength. Like it was just kind of a, a haphazard way to, you know, get those question marks off of you, but then it's not really translatable to the field. But I thought he held his 313 very well. I thought he had some power throughout. I saw that I thought that he anchored really well because he has some natural leverage because he's not the tallest guy of all time. So I mean at this point, are we talking a late day two type of player? Like is this a developmental center at the next level? Like it's very possible because he has movement skills. He's shown now that he can hold the power. He has pretty good film. So when you kind of parlay all those things together, I feel like not only did he have a good day three, but I think he's had a, a very underrated week in general. So we we talked a little bit in the beginning of the week about how Christian Watson shouldn't be considered to be a sleeper <laughs> if you are actually paying attention. And I think that Another guy that falls under that category of FCS player that people just didn't know his name, but once you actually get to know him, you realize that this dude is really freaking talented. Troy Anderson is already starting to really build up that momentum, and people were saying that once he went to the Senior Bowl, you were going to start to see some of that stuff, and he had a really, really strong third day. For those who don't know, Troy Anderson is a converted running back quarterback at Montana State where he was an All-American. They moved him to linebacker. And he was an All-American at linebacker. This guy is an athlete. He also hits for a player that was formerly an offensive player. So Troy Anderson, I want to see what he does at the Combine, but he's a great athlete. He's a great linebacker. He doesn't have a lot of experience playing the position, and it's probably going to take some time for him to fully transition and and figure all that stuff out. And you can kind of see it on, on tape, especially in practices. But that has to be something that you're willing to buy into because he has that ability to transition from offense to defense so easily and at such a high level. 
Man, I really like Troy, man. I really do. Because, I mean, you mentioned, obviously, that this, you know, starting his career. Is he going to be a defensive player? Is he going to be a quarterback? Well, he was a quarterback based upon the fact that the, the need on the roster, right? And he was yeah. an All-American, like you said. <laughs> he took him to the playoffs. I think he ran for, like, 2,600 yards in his career. The, uh, was- yeah, he had one season. He was, like, the leading the, he broke the school record like 1500 like yards yeah 1500 yeah. it was like nuts and Stupid. and you kind of see that i mean he's not a traditional quarterback when he played right like he's an option based guy because yeah. he's just so big and physical or whatever but he's perfect i think conversation because i just wrote a piece about i feel like there's a that people sometimes bunch this together a little bit. They talk about hybrids and they talk about tweeners, right? Like tweeners mm-hmm. is a very negative connotation. That means that they don't fit into one spot correctly. A hybrid player is a guy that can do so many things. I think that he could have fit into Montana State and potentially as a draft prospect as a fullback or a tight end. Like he's that type of athlete. But of course, he's moved out to linebacker. And uh, in 2020, I felt like it was kind of a mixed bag, to be honest, because he was very productive, obviously, before the injury. Um, but he was a guy that was playing on ball a ton, right? Like he was trying to rush in the passer a ton. And in 2021, he was playing mo- much more at a stack position, a lot more in pursuits, doing those traditional things, a linebacker you want to see at the next level. And I think that he looks he's looked good all week. But again, day three, he's looked really good because I think that he mirrors well in zone coverage and man coverage. I think that he's a guy that is a flexible mover and he's really athletic, man. Like he has a good personality to him as far as the ability to, you know, convert speed, convert um, momentum to power and get downhill and be aggressive in that sense as well. But this kid's a legit athlete. He's going to go to the, he's going to go to his pro day or the combine wherever he ends up testing and he's going to run in the four fives at six foot four, 230 something pounds. Like he's going to run in the four fives. Right. The funny thing about Anderson too is you kind of think like, okay, running back quarterback converted to linebacker, you'd think that maybe he's a bit undersized. I remember I'm blanking on his name, but there was that one Iowa state guy that was a, a quarterback and they moved him to linebacker. And he was like, Joel, okay. Joel Lanning, Joel yes, Lanning, Joel yeah. Lanning. And he was like, okay. Yeah. And he wasn't, he was kind of like a limited athlete because quarterbacks yeah. are usually not the most athletic on, on some of these teams. And then you move him to linebacker and then he's just a big clunky mm-hmm. linebacker. But Troy Anderson flies up field and you talk about how he's going to be a four or five guy. And he's freaking mean. There were some plays that I remember the South Dakota State game where he's just flying up upfield and just smacking dudes. Like he is relentless. And that and that's what you want in a linebacker. He's got that Midwestern Montana, uh, Montana State type of aggression when playing the position. Well, I just looked it up, Joe, because I remember I so I brought his name up to the college ground showcase at the time because he was a little you know, <laughs> under the radar, right? Obviously, you know, we, we obviously didn't get him to come, but um, so we work with a company called Tracking Football, who you know kind of yeah. takes a lot of the tracking times and, and kind of converts it to like success rates, all that type of stuff. So in for just so he came from a small school. He was from Beaverhead County, and I just looked up the numbers again in track and field for the people that love track and field out there, which I do. Ten eight eight hundred meter guy. All right, ten eight eight twenty two eleven at the two, and he was also a, a fifteen flat. 110 meter guy, which um, 110 meter hurdles as a sophomore in high school. So my dude can run, man. He can run a little bit and he's got that length. He's going to play a lot on Sundays. Yeah. Excited about Troy Anderson. And I'm going to keep pushing his name throughout this process. Um, Two more guys that we have. First one, a quarterback. Shocking that we're we're praising a quarterback. (laughs) Bailey Zappi 
who day uh-huh. one really clearly looked limited because of the guys that he was going up against. He was looking yeah. very limited against a polished Sam Howell, who had a, a better arm than people expected. And it's hard to look more than pedestrian when you're standing next to Malik Willis, who's got a cannon for an arm. But yep. Bailey Zappi on the third day you saw a lot of nice touch. There were some throws that I, I saw him make in the, the corner of the end zone in some of those seven on seven drills where they or the one on one drills where they were trying to push towards the end zone and they were trying to go towards the sideline. They were trying to put these guys in some contested catch situations. And he had some pretty nice ball placement. Now, I'm not the biggest quarterback evaluator because of the intricacies that go into it, but I, I'd say that I was impressed with Zappi. And you kept hearing in the convention center yesterday in Mobile that Bailey Zappi kept getting brought up. Yeah, no, and it, it, it stinks for him because we went into the week, and I feel like a lot of people had they had bad they didn't have realistic expectations with Bailey Zappi, right? Like Bailey Zappi has an opportunity to play on the NFL level as a backup for some time. Like he has that type of upside, but people were trying to bill him as like, oh, maybe he's a top one hundred pick. Well, I don't think he's a top one hundred pick. And you no. saw when you again next to Willis and even how. The arm just is not the caliber, right? And he's not the caliber of athlete either of those guys. Like he's he's solid all around type of player. And the first week, uh, first day, I felt like he was kind of pressing a little bit, right? Like he was kind of putting the ball in some tough spots, and you kind of just saw seemed like he was a little just anxious during the during the first day. Next two days, specifically yesterday, I thought he looked comfortable. Let it loose a little bit. The misnomer about Bailey Zappi is that he's the safe passer. No, man, like he'll he'll put the ball out there. You know, he's got conviction in, in his arm. He's got conviction in his in his um in his ability to read a defense. So he'll put the ball into t- some tight spots sometimes. And he's an accurate quarterback. And I felt like you just saw him a lot more comfortable yesterday in his own skin. I got a I got a comp. Let's see oh, if no. you you hate it or not. How about how about Chase Daniel? Sorry. No. Okay. All right. It's well, fine. I tried. It's fine. I tried. I can't. I can't impress the uh, the 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 comp master Ryan Roberts. But who would you say? Because I I looked it up. They're similar sizes. Not the greatest arm. And like Chase Daniel's been like a great backup his whole career. I think that that's not like a. Again, I'm not great at value. It's a terrible, terrible comp. It's a terrible comp. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't have a good one for you yet, Joe. We'll have to revisit okay. this one. I don't. Have okay. We'll we'll, we'll revisit. Final player. <laughs> To wrap yep. up, Tyler Beatty, running back mm-hmm. from Missouri. Um, yep. Tough to evaluate and get a sense for what these running backs can do because there's not – it's mostly thud. There's not really right. – actually, there isn't take them to the ground because they don't want serious injuries happening with these players. So the minute somebody sure. gets tagged, you don't know what if this guy could have powered through contact and that kind of stuff. But Tyler Beatty caught a nice hole, a couple few holes and, and had some nice runs throughout the week, but he also looked pretty good on this uh, this final day three. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's looked pretty good all week, to be honest with you, because he is the type of running back that can excel in this setting because it's a little tough for these big bruising types of running backs. Because, like you said, you you know, you're not you know, you're not showing how many tackles you can break because of that contact balance stuff because you're not taking guys to the ground. And Tyler Beatty is going to be a very scheme specific player for his role as a runner, right? Like we're going to talk about a heavy zone type of runner. But the reason that he is kind of showed out a little bit is the fact that he is such a weapon in the passing game. He can run routes. He could literally play in the slot and he could do things as a pass receiver in his route variety. That is, that is different for most running backs. So Beatty has shown it. I, I feel like a lot of those option routes or, or the arrow routes coming out of the backfield, like he's shown his flexibility, he's shown good hands. He's shown that he could be a weapon in the passing game this week. 
So that's it for our thoughts on day three of practices. We're going to be coming at you with a full breakdown of the week, who collectively looked really good, who made themselves some money, who might have really hurt themselves and is going to be holding themselves back based on their performance. That'll be coming to you likely early next week. So stay tuned for that. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss out. And also check out the Senior Bowl, which is going to be played this Saturday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.